Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey. Zach, first I'll let you introduce yourself, and then how'd you get your start in the metaverse? Yep. So my name is Zach. I'm French. I live in London. I have been a serial entrepreneur for the past, I'll say, 12, 13 years. Uh, my first startup was a music festival ticketing company called Festicket. Um, and it got uh, to a quite big, to a decent size, and it became one of the uh, competitors of Ticketmaster on the music festival segment, working with about 3,000 music festivals. And my background is I come from the entertainment, the live entertainment sectors. Obviously, during COVID, my business had quite of a challenge because what we were dealing with during COVID and with Festicket is the big, large music festivals. So our clients were the Tomorrowland, the Cella, the Ultra, the Primavera Sound, all of those very large brands. And COVID was a particularly hard time for us because the very big music festival were the actually last to come back. And, and so I, I was forced to experience other means and other entertainment routes. And, and I've seen the grown up of the digitalization of the event industry. And my experience dealing with the metaverse has actually started around that. I was forced to explore other routes and I started to discover mainly, first of all, concerts and, and festivals in games, right? Everyone's seen the Fortnite experience with Travis Scott and I started to see and get interest for event happening in games and then naturally I started to really look at what's happening around metaverse and started to discover obviously Decentraland and the Sandbox and all of those sort of emerging blockchain enabled or blockchain based metaverse worlds. And, and so my next startup after, after Festicat is reality as a natural evolution, I will say, of, of my background and what I've been enjoying and focusing on for the past 12 years from actually the physical event space with the very large music festival to now the virtual event space and the virtual experiences on the sort of a much larger scope than just music because now with reality we are looking at everything around the, around events, not only music, but also fashion, conference, art, music, of course, and then corporate and gathering of communities in the general sense. And, and so that's how I started to discover the metaverse. I'm really bad at timing. I thought back in 07, 08, I think somebody will correct me on this. But Amazon released S3, which was their storage. S released their S3, their storage. And so I thought, yeah, man, everybody's going to run to the cloud. Everybody will be there next year. And that was in 0708. And everybody yeah. is still not there. So, like, how do you judge? How do you talk about the timing of it? Because I, I believe that something will be happening in the metaverse on a broad scale but I just, I, I don't know how to judge time. And how do you okay. guys talk about that? How do you judge that? Yeah, talk about that. Okay, so this sort of recoup a little bit to the company vision. So the first thing that really struck us when we started, we getting started with reality was actually looking at the internet now and all being at home and, and quite isolated. And, and for us, the internet as we saw it was... A, lacking connection or lacking the joy of being actually physically together, right? And so from our point of view, the metaverse actually matters because the metaverse has the potential, and I'm not saying it's there yet, but has the potential to create meaningful human connection. 
And, and the visions we have is that actually in the metaverse, gaming is already a thing, right? Gaming is already quite natural for those platforms. However, events in the metaverse has, is just getting started, right? It's just at the very beginning, right? And, and so from our point of view, the metaverse brings together people from diverse culture, from diverse interests, from diverse geographical locations, from diverse ideas that who couldn't meet up before from any other means in through the internet as of today. And so our thesis is to say that actually virtual event will potentially be, and we'll talk about timing, but will potentially be quite soon a new way people get together to experience all sorts of things together. And so we are embarking on what I think is quite an interesting mission is creating the infrastructure for this new format that I call social experiences, right? And now in terms of timing, there is a lot of different factors that mix into it. And when is the metaverse gonna go mainstream is the actual million dollar question. What I can already tell you is that lots of big brands and corporates that can afford it are already jumping into the metaverse. And we have been quite lucky already to work with companies like L'Oreal, with companies Paris Blockchain Week and some Sotheby's that are doing stuff in the metaverse and Cristobal Balenciaga and some music artists. So there's already quite an emerging waves of brands and artists that are coming to the metaverse. And so... When is this going to be mainstream? We need to look at accessibility. We need to look at the VR headset and how quickly the deployment of those headsets will actually reach mainstream as the iPhone and, uh, and have done so. And all of those factors, we don't really yet control it. What I can tell you is that we feel that working right now on the infrastructure and getting ready for these emerging trends of spending more time into virtual world, which is going to happen whether we like it or not, because the new generation of consumers that are growing and coming, they're all coming from video games and they're already hanging out with their friends in Roblox and in Fortnite. And so it's already happening. So they increasingly, the world will become 3D, the world will become more immersive, more gamified. And, and it's a matter of when, and, and I don't have the question to this million dollar question, but the answers to this question, but, but I'm pretty hopeful that it's actually going to be in the next two to three years. Do you, and I, I trust your measurement of timing better than mine. I've learned that I get yeah. like super excited and then it didn't come to fruition. So I'll trust yours better than mine. <laughs> I'm interested. So talk about reality for a minute. Y'all's, your website says that you're agnostic on the platform or code or, or talk about how you're setting up an organization to go in a hundred different directions, depending on the client use case. Absolutely. So I think uh, this comes from the fact we're not a new entrepreneur, right? We are experienced entrepreneur with myself and the two other co-founders of Reality have already done, launched, sold, create, integrate, made M&A acquisitions and done a lot of stuff around startups before. So we have quite a rich experience in understanding how, especially the beginning of a startup should look like. And so what we decided back in 2022, when we get it started, 
was to actually get our hands dirty really quickly and start organizing events in the metaverse as soon as we can. And so we did that in early 2022. We started really quickly started organizing events and we did we did some music events, we did some fashion shows, we did some some conference, quite a lot of conference actually. We did some corporate events and and the initial go to market was okay, let's create easy to use product or toolkit to actually deploy those experiences or those events in the existing metaverse platform. So we did events in Decentraland, we did events in the Sandbox, and, and we looked at other platforms like Roblox, etc., to do some events as well. And, and so we, we understood really quickly what it means organizing an event, both for the event organizer side and for the actual participant, and what would be the experience of those end users in the virtual world or the virtual event, and what they were doing, and looking at the data, user behavior, where they were interacting, how long they were staying, all of this was quite important to us and we looked at the data a lot. Now, what we realized is that even though those big, large blockchain-enabled metaverse were quite large companies, right? I think back in the days, Decentraland was valued two or three billion and same as the Sunbot, four or five billion, were quite large company in terms of valuation. They were not quite yet developed to host those sort of large-scale experiences or large-scale events. And the user experience kind of were not the user experience we were expecting when we got the ager initially. And so that got us thinking and, and really we said, should we continue deploying and creating this product that will easily deploy those experiences in those existing metaverse or... Should we just get ahead of our game and decide, right, what can we do to really control our destiny, control the experience, control the end user experience? And so we decided to create our own metaverse, our own environment. So the reality today is a no-code platform that makes it very simple for businesses, for brands to create, customize and launch those 3D immersive experience or 3D immersive spaces for their community. And the product is really simple, it's twofold. You have a user-friendly back office for brands and corporates to build and to choose which type of space they want, to customize their space and have all of the data analytics about what is exactly happening in their space. So the back office called Reality Hub is a remote control, right? And then on the front office, you have the proprietary 3D virtual environment that we have developed for the past year called Reality World. And that will actually host all of the captivating, entertaining event or permanent experiences that we're gonna throw in, in the future and we're throwing in now for our client. And so really, uh, really simple product, a back office, a front office, and it's really made for corporate businesses, B2B, use and we really think about and with my experience with re and with Festicate, i really understand what an event organizers or an experience organizers want to have as data as tools in order to really understand what is going on in the space and and that can actually try to transcribe in in the product because the product is is quite easy to use is very accessible so from a click of a button you can go and land in the metaverse it's browser based so you don't need any application and it's quite photorealistic because we use the game engine unity to build our world and we think we have quite a unique combination right between the, the back office and the front office with reality in the back office do does your clients do they have to have developers or 
can somebody that knows nothing about coding go in and create a complete metaverse and it be seamless for them? It's completely seamless. We have two part of two part of the products. One part is if they don't know nothing about blockchain and metaverse and 3D environment, they can actually choose one of 15. We have about 15 worlds ready to be used at the moment from all type of different use case. So we have a big music festival scenes. We have a, a conference centers. We have like a fashion show building with a podium, etc. We have. A, all sorts of building that can appeal to a very large type of use case. So they can actually either choose some of those pre-built worlds and then customize it by uploading their logos, changing the colors, the material, etc. all of that from the back office. Or if they are able to have technical help, they could also up upload one of their building to our Unity library and then use the platform using their building that have their build on the side, or they can even download some of existing building and make changes on Unity and then re-upload it again. The platform is made for all type of use case, whether you are non-technical at all and you want to get started and do organize your first virtual event or virtual experiences, or if you are quite technical and if you want to go further and, and the beauty of, of the product is actually multiplayer, right? And we go up to 130, 128 people per server, but we can go up to 20,000 people in our space in each of those different servers or instances. So we really worked on the infrastructure to create like, the ability for event organizers to throw events that are large scale with 20, 000, up to 20,000 people. Wow. That's cool. This question is kind of the direction of the business. Why did you decide? So it sounds like you were in a very B to C environment with your last startup and then you transitioned to business. Why did you do that? Was that a thought that you had at the start? I got to create a business to business platform or it just evolved and became that. Actually, I had a journey with Festiket already from B to C to B to B. So okay. by the end of, uh, of Festiket, Festiket uh, that rebranded as Evangenius became only B2B. And so actually starting a B2B business on the back of, of uh, Festiket actually make, made sense. And also I think this is where the market is, right? I think the, the metaverse adoption is not mainstream. We just said it. And so initially to prove the use case, it's better to actually work directly with the brands, with the businesses that will then bring their community rather than trying to develop a large scalable B2C model. We're not saying that we will never go B2C, but I'm saying that for where the market is right now, we rather really work with directly with businesses to create the good use case. And so we have been quite lucky to work with L'Oreal on the corporate side and trying to prove the corporate side of things with a very large top tier client, working with Paris Blockchain Week or NFT Expoverse Los Angeles and some of those large conferences to build them metaverse twins, working with Sotheby's on the art side, working with company like The Fabricant on the fashion side and working with American artists on the music side. So what we're experiencing right now is really testing different use case, developing experience with really top tier client, and then looking at the data and we're looking, okay, have the client be happy? 
Is it entertaining for the participant, etc.? And so based on those feedback, then we are building the product, right? The product, we are building it with our client, if you want. Yeah, could you talk about, you spoke to it a couple of times before, could you talk about one or two of your clients' use cases? And you don't have to name them if you don't want to, but what their project involved and how even those conversations evolved. And could you talk about that? Yeah. Say, for example, on the conference side, right? Conference has always been interesting. You you were used to either in real life conference, right? Where you go and you do some networking and you listen to panels. We are used to also conference through Zooms or... But we are not yet used to virtual conferences, right? How a conference can happen in the metaverse? What would you do in the metaverse? The experience is quite simple. And actually, my, my personal preference now going forward is I prefer attending metaverse conferences than conferences in, in person, definitely than conferences through Zoom, which I find boring, right? And so what is the experience? What is the end user experience? Well, it's very simple. First of all, you arrive as an avatar in front of the conference building, right? So first of all, you getting to dress yourself, you choose your avatar, we've integrated with Ready Player Me, so you could choose some very cool avatar or you can actually make the avatar looks like you if you want to. Once you choose your avatar, then you walk inside the building. There's always a reception and the hangout area where a lot of people gathers and speak and have and have different discussion, networking, and you can actually network pretty, pretty easily and have tons of conversation with different people that are participants that are in the world. The other thing that you can do is you can proactively go to the stages, right? And for Paris Blockchain Week, we had four stages that were all broadcast live in the metaverse. So the main stage, the side stages, the workshops, they were all live. And so you could proactively choose with your avatar to go and attend really quickly, no queuing, nothing, right? You go straight away, boom, you are in front of the screen. You listen to the panel of discussions that are happening right live at the conference. And so this will allow you to have a more, I will say, a pro efficient day. You could listen to the panels. You can walk to one stage to another in seconds with your avatar. You made, you, you make your experience where you are proactive in the world and you make your experience. Then the other thing we did is we've actually developed all of those virtual booths, right? All the booths that you can find in the real world at the conference, they were all also in the, in the, in the metaverse. And so for each of the, uh, the brands that, that were the exhibition exhibitors, they all have staff standing at those booths, right? And so the, the interaction you could have with those sponsors and exhibitors directly through those virtual booths, we've made it so those, if you walk into a booth, then immediately you have the sounds and the camera starting. So the zone is a visio zone, right? And so this will allow you to have interaction with the, the participant, with the exhibitors, straight away using the camera and having a conversation. And that is amazing, right? I find it absolutely crazy because you could really do a direct sell as an exhibitor straight away, one-on-one, tack, tack, tack. And you can really ex and have even more conversation than you will have in person. And so those are things that we build for, for the Paris Blockchain Week. On top of it, you had like networking rooms and we've developed tons of really cool functionality to network in the metaverse. And we're developing some functionality to do some kind of like Twitter space 
spaces so you could have a conversation and you can pass the mic to different people in the room. So tons of stuff and tons of functionality that I will say we are co-building with the brands that we are working with. So our approach to platform development is very special, I will say. So we first talk to the brands, we see if we like the business case and if we like the project and if they also have a term vision in the metaverse. And if all of those boxes are ticked, then we'll go and deploy loads of resource to make this client very successful. And in a way, the product is built with our client feedback and with our really top clients that are quite immersed and invested in those metaverse mission. And I think this is a good approach, at least for us, that works well. How long did the initial meeting with the clients, like developing a project charter, my world is project management, all the way to project completion. How long was that gap? How long did it take to initial have the meeting to completion of the project? How long did that take? And how many people are you working with on your team to develop that? Okay, obviously, uh, at the, in the early days, when we're just getting started, the sales cycle was quite long and we needed to prove and we had no products, we have less reference, we have less right. stuff to show them. So actually, the sales cycle is getting shorter and shorter because now we know what we're doing. We actually know what works well in the metaverse setup. So when a client comes to us and have some crazy idea, <laughs> then we can tell them, actually, we've tested that. We know that doesn't work, but actually you can do that. And this actually will increase engagement in the virtual world. And so a lot of the clients now trust us with expertise and what we've done so far. We've been throwing more than 50 events for the past 12 years. So we've now have quite a, of, a, of an understanding of, of how the product should look like and what we should do for clients. So I will say the sales cycle can be very fast. It depends on the, the type of project the client wants to embark on, but I will say it can go from, I'll say, two, three weeks to two, two three months. It depends, but never more than that. And, and in terms of what was the second part of your question? Who did you work with to pull it off? Oh, so different team. Reality now we we team of twenty five people. We have a key person, which a customer success manager, that is common doing the project management. Right, he will work with the brands and we will develop the world, etc. Now, what is very important to say is that the product that we have built is made to be no code and self service. Normally, the client doesn't need our help to go and select the world customize the world, choose all of the features he wants in the world. However, we are very happy at the early days and starting building those use cases with the client to create those worlds for them, right? So the, the customer success manager or the project manager will actually be very important in talking to the client, making them an onboarding to the reality hub platforms or the back office and showing them around how we do stuff, what do you want to do if you want to update welding there, videos there, you want to upload your image, your logos, you want to change this and that. All of that normally is all feasible through the back office. And uh, But we're very happy to do that for the client and we're very happy to be proactive in the customization of that world. So they are very happy, right? Our unique goal right now is to make the client super happy. And then in terms of if we need to develop new features, if we need to develop new things for the client use case, 
then we'll get obviously the designers and 3D art and the developers involved but usually those guys are never client facing. Everything is going through the customer success managers that are actually sort of the quarterback in this project and talks to the different teams, including our marketing teams, because we also do marketing for the for those event organizers. I'm curious to hear your perspective on this because you've done a couple startups. So for some reason, we've developed like a reputation out there with the clients we work with to come in as consultants and just kind of talk about their business and not be just a direct, we're the recruiters and we'll recruit for you. But we come in and try to see the scope of their business and help them out. And I got into a conversation a couple of weeks ago and yeah. the startup founder would, was like, who do you think we should hire next? Cause they got a significant amount of funding. And so they were planning out the scope of the year. And I was like, I mean, if you really want my opinion, I would say that you need to hire one or two people to be customer success people, to be client facing, to make sure that you are making them happy. Because the first clients you get are really important and you got to make sure that they're happy. What is your perspective on that? When you look at startups that have succeeded and failed and maybe it's not all down to they made a bad product maybe it was there were other factors going on but who do you think the successful ones do hire and who do you think the unsuccessful ones don't hire that really moves the needle for a business this comes back to i'm not a newbie in the entrepreneurship world right i have seen all of the difficulties and all of the mistake i made in my first company and first startup by trying to go and build and go faster than, than, than what you can actually deliver, right? And, and my approach with reality has been a lot more, I would say, conservative, a lot more, okay, let's build a very functioning and interesting product that works really well and then start selling it and start onboarding the clients when this works. And I would say in my first startup, but also because the market is quite different, right? My first startup was a very mature, music festival market was emerging and burning and so we knew we had to onboard thousands of music festivals to the platform and so it was sell whereas in this time actually it's more of a okay we have a product that can create lunch 3d immersive spaces okay so what are the use cases because the use cases can be absolutely huge right you can go from all of the verticals i mentioned earlier but you can go further down right you can talk about okay so for example let's say a startup right a startup will uh, will need an immersive 3d space for them right just for doing the mini internal event for doing onboarding virtual training for doing virtual recruitment for doing game night until building with the staff for staff engagement to do all hands department meetings product launches demo on a virtual setup or even social meetings or virtual investor pitch, right? Or hackathon even for a tech team or product team, right? You can see, right, the scope of what you can do in, an immer in, in, a, in, in a 3D immersive space is absolutely huge, right? It's endless. To answer your question is, right, we need to find a good customer success managers that that can help us, okay, we will target this type of client, right? And now we have the product and we've, this is the functionality that we have and that answers very well to this persona. 
And so then the customer success managers are here to actually make sure that it's the right persona, that make sure the client is happy. And so they are very important people to hire, especially in your early days of a startup. And for us, for example, we have hire customer service success manager before we hire salespeople, right? So I was doing the sale and, and I had to make sure very quickly that we had the competent customer success manager because all of the sales that we're making, I needed to make sure those clients were very happy. And so this is, this is a methodology that you learn in doing and you learn in mistakes in the past. And, and, and you absolutely, the first, the first client are your ambassadors and you need to make sure they are very happy, which is why we are a platform, but we are a platform with a service layer on top because we need to make sure our clients are happy in every single scenario. I wonder why they're sales trainers all you have to do is just type in sales trainers on TikTok or Instagram or <laughs> the internet and you find them. But there's not really, I don't know of any, there's a smaller number of customer success because I think I, I run my own company. So like I understand that sales are important, but also there's this whole back into doing the sale. Like we sell and then we have to carry through on that. And if yeah. we don't, that's bad for the business too. So I wonder why there's not any customer success like trainers like there are sales trainers. It's just funny. Yeah, I started to see more and more platform and program for customer success now. And there's more tools emerging as well for customer success to measure, I would say, the happiness of your client at any given time. And I started to see some of those software emerging and, and I'm quite interesting by them, but I know I don't have the answer yet, but it's definitely a hard job. And, and, and to give you the truth, the customer success we have, I hire him for my previous startup. I hire the best and then I'll bring it to, to reality. So, um, so that was quite convenient. Could you talk about, it may not be in your company. It may just be at the metaverse at large, but where you see it going in the next say 12 months next end of next april and also what are the most common dangers or pitfalls or maybe negatives of this space i i understand that you of course we all have to be positive if you're working in the space we have to be very positive but there's also maybe some downsides to it or some negatives. So could you talk about that? So one, where do you think we're going? And it's just your opinion. I don't expect you to be Nostradamus. And then part two to that is what are the dangers or pitfalls of the metaverse as you see it? Okay. So in terms of the vision, right, for us, we think that it is inevitable that more and more people we will hang out in 3D immersive spaces, right? And the emerging consumers will are all coming from the video game. And so I think that the metaverse is just waiting for its moment to shine. And for me, this is coming in the next two to three years, as I said, and, and, and we're waiting for headset, we're waiting for improved technology, we wa we're waiting for accessibility to be improved and quicker and it's all coming together as a package right and so obviously when you type the metaverse you'll say the next evolution of internet and everything will become 3d i think that I agree i think there will be metaverse for 
every taste, every colors, every use case as well. And so there'll be as many metaverse that is probably websites, right, in the, in the next 10 years. Right? And, and so I strongly believe in that. Now, the danger is we need to make sure that we build, and this is our approach, right? But we need to make sure that we build safety nets, right? And not going and doing the same mistake we've done with Web2. And to tell you how we think about it, for example, we are giving a lot of moderation powers to our event organizers from the very early days of the development of the platform. So we don't want to have any weird behavior in our virtual world. We want to be building safe zones in our virtual world. So if people feel not secure, not safe in the virtual environment, they could go into those rooms and no one can talk to them, no one can, the sound doesn't work, the camera doesn't work, and they are all of us safe again in sort of those safe zones. We want to give to the event organizers that are basically responsible because we only the platform, right? So we need to give tools to the event organizers to moderate, right? So being able to, ex- to expose players or participants that are being aggressive in the chat or in the voice, being able to ban players so they don't actually can come back again in order to report weird behaviors and real players to the platform like yourself and then we have a team checking it. So all of those things are on top of our mind and they are quite important to not, as I said, not reproduce the same mistake. And uh, and then the danger will actually, I come from the Web2 world, I come from lifetime experiences in physical, right, at music festivals, at, like think about it, to Tomorrowland or Coachella, right? Think about it, to Coachella, you're going to Coachella, the feeling that you have. So... I'm not here to say actually, actually the metaverse will eat into those in real life experiences. I'm never saying to my client actually do a metaverse event instead of doing an in real life event. It's a complement and it's a different type of behavior. It's a different type of, uh, of interaction that you could have in the metaverse than you could have in real life. Or it's more engaging, it's more entertaining, it's more captivating, it's more immersive. Sure, than than normal Zoom or Web two tool world, but it's not the multi-sensorial experience that you have in real life, and I'm very aware of that fact. And so when I speak to the event organizers and uh, and the clients, my speech is quite uh, reassuring for them when I approach them this way. And and so the danger would be to try to replace the in real life experiences with the virtual. Actually, it's it can replace the TV time and it can replace the digital time you spend on your phone, etc. with a more interactive, immersive experience, but it should not replace the, the, uh, the physical. And I think we need to make sure it doesn't, right? So we need to get our kids out there and run in parks and run in, uh, right? We talked about that earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I talked to people about this a lot and i think the similar thing comes up we want the builders want to create something that their kids will be happy with yeah i I think and maybe i don't know in the 1970s and 80s but maybe that wasn't on their mind but i think this time i think people want to build something that their kids will be happy with and enjoy and also enjoy going to parks and stuff yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Zach, I'm sorry. We kind of ran over time. Thank you. If you could, could you 
let the listeners know how they can connect with you if you want them to? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, Zach, Z-A-C-K, Saban, S-A-B-B. Otherwise, you can also send me an email. And my email is really simple. is Zach, Z-A-C-K, at realityrlty.live. And well, I usually so answer to all emails. Roger that. I try to. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much.